Okay, anyone ever wants to volunteer to help with the streaming? We would love it. It's amazing. Um, I started, well, I didn't quite start the morning, but um, one of the first jobs I did when I came here was we put some stuff in the bin. And so I lifted the bin lid up, and I didn't want the bin lid to re-shut. So I jammed the key in there like that, thinking, I'm going to forget, aren't I? Yeah. So I jammed the key in. That was all fine. And then I came back out with some cardboard, lifted the lid, and then the, the key fell into the bottom of the empty bin, which when I looked at the, the science and the physics of me leaning over, I thought, this is never going to happen. So then I'm getting a chair. I'm literally climbing into the bin. Chris um, Tatton, bless him, said, do you need a hand? I said, if I'm not back in 15 minutes, I'm in the yellow bin. Come and find me. Um, so it's been, it's been like that. Anyway, anyway, um, I was, you know, I was listening. Um, you, we watch on screens up the, up the back stairs, and I had headphones on and was listening. And I was listening to Jamil. And um, I, I felt, uh, as I was sat there, God said to me, isn't he wonderful? That's my boy there. I love him. Isn't he amazing? Like that. I thought, yeah, yeah, he really is God. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you very much, Jamil. Great stuff. I love it. Um, anyway, Christmas, right? Christmas is coming. Uh, the goose is getting fat. And the warehouse has been decorated. So it must, be, it must be real. It must be on its way. Wasn't the worship just glorious this morning, by the way? Even on screen, under headphones, just... Um, I gave Chris a set of headphones as well, and we're just both worshipping away up the back stairs. It's gr- oh, someone's on. Hang on a minute. So um, apologies. We just got too involved. Um, wise men, question mark, is the title of this morning. The question mark is important. Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem and inquired of the people, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people? We observed his star rising in the sky and we've come to bow before him in worship. King Herod was shaken to the core when he heard this. And not only him, but all of Jerusalem was disturbed when they heard this news. So he called a meeting of the Jewish ruling priests and religious scholars demanding that they tell him where the promised Messiah was prophesied to be born. He'll be born in Bethlehem in the land of Judah, they told him, because the prophecy states, and you, little Bethlehem, are not insignificant among the clans of Judah, for out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the spiritual priests from the east to ascertain the exact time the star first appeared. And he told them, Now, go to Bethlehem and carefully look for the child. And when you found him, report to me so that I can go and bow down and worship him too. And so they left. And on their way, in Bethleh- to, on their way to Bethlehem, suddenly the same star appeared they'd seen in the east. Amazed, they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome 
falling to the ground at his feet. They worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure boxes full of gifts, presented him with gold, frankincense, myrrh. And afterwards, they returned to their own country by another route because God had warned them in a dream, don't go back to Herod. He's a liar, liar, and his pants are on fire. (laughs) Oh, no, sorry. That's not quite in there. It's my translation. Anyway... So Magi, um, let me just, I'll just give you some like, information because it really helps to set the scene. So we know them as wise men, Magi, kings, we three kings of Orient are, all that stuff. Um, they were most likely, kings is, is a terrible translation. Uh, it's really, they were astrologers, dream interpreters, um, priests, spiritual advisors, uh, they were that kind of thing. If you kind of mash that lot up, like lots of colours of plasticine, and then roll them all around, that's kind of like what they were. So astrologers, dream interpreters, priests, spiritual advisors. Um, they would have been based, they were assigned as, as effectively priests in a place called Persia, which is modern-day Iran, by the way. Uh, but Persia had been conquered so when a country gets conquered, often people then, uh, they dissipate and they spread out. So they, they more likely, while originating in Persia, probably from uh, the area of Mesopotamia, not massively relevant, except it helps us understand the journey. So we're coming on to the journey in a minute. Three of them, surely, yes, Melchior, Gaspar and Balthazar. I mean, they've even got names. It must be only three. Absolute hogwash, rubbish. I don't know who made that up. It doesn't really matter. There were not three. It doesn't say anywhere there were three. They gave three gifts. So you need three children with tea towels on their heads and some brightly colored things. And then you give them names and they carry three little boxes. Um, when they turned up in this place, they made quite a stir. So there were probably estimated around 100 of them in this, in this caravan. Not literally a caravan, but, you know, old, old, old styly caravan. So probably a hundred or so of them. For all I know, there was a Melchior in there. Who knows? So how long did the journey take? Well, in the Anglican church, in the Anglican calendar, um, Epiphany comes 12 days after Christmas. And Epiphany is considered to be when the wise men uh, got there. Well... I don't know how fast their camels were, but the distance was somewhere between 400 and 700 miles. Unlikely in 12 days. So we have this, we have this, there has to be a minimum, at the least of 40 days, just pure traveling physics, <laughs> like how, how you get there. And remember that they're following a star, so they probably had to travel at night predominantly travel at night. In the day, it would have been baking hot. The night would have been cold, dangerous, and that's when they're doing their traveling. Somewhere between 400 and 700 miles. Now, we know that Jesus definitely wouldn't have been older than two because when Herod found out that the spiritual advisors, dream interpreters, priests, etc., had double-crossed him, he then ordered all babies, baby boys, under two, to be slaughtered, just to cover his bases. Now, we don't know how long it was after the 
Magi didn't come back to Herod, that he twigged, I don't think they're coming back. We don't know. So for the purposes of today, it could have been a year after that Herod thought, "Mm, they're not coming back. We don't know. But anyway, Herod, therefore, could have just said, you know what? Anyone, any boy under two, I want them killed. Which was also prophesied in the Old Testament. So for the purposes of today, we are going to estimate that the journey took approximately a year. Approximately a year. Now this gets a bit trickier. Why did they go? What was it that meant these stargazing dream types decided to effectively up their life and go on an expedition. There are so many things about this story that are just plain odd. I absolutely believe it happened. There's no, there's no question of that for me. But they must have seen... They must have seen this alignment of stars or a particularly bright star. There must have been something. Now, interestingly, the Magi... And those spiritual priests in that area actually would have had some influence from a biblical Old Testament person, Daniel, and was likely impacted by the things that Daniel spoke of about who God was. And those, that knowledge would have echoed its way through the generations. So something happened that meant this group of men, I don't know whether anyone else came, I don't know whether any women or children came, but this group of men specifically, they saw something in a star and knew there's someone incredibly special being born. So special that I'm about to inconvenience myself and go on a journey that I don't even know how long it's going to take me. For me, I find that hugely challenging. I just want you to think back to this time last year, if you can remember back that far. I'm struggling. I can barely remember what I had for dinner yesterday, you know. But like you work your way back and think, well, what was I doing? What was I doing last December? And then I think of all the stuff that's happened since. And you imagine all that time you are following a star in the sky. So slightly anachronistic, I I grant you. But you can imagine your family giving you a call. How are you doing? Yeah, no, we're still following this star. You're following a star. You're still doing that crazy thing. Uh Uh-huh. Because we believe that there's someone very special at the end of it. His brother apparently was off trying to find the end of a rainbow and a pot of gold. But it is nuts. It is weird. But they knew something. And they were prepared to go and... Their minds had responded with wonder. Their bodies had responded with travel and they were going to do something about that. 
and their hearts yearned to respond in worship. They went, they went with the sole intention of worshipping. They made that really clear. I mean, let's face it, some of us can feel challenged to drive a mile up the road to go and worship. Oh, I can worship anywhere. Yeah, so could they have done. Can we, can we let them out? Whoever it is, can we let them out? Anyway, um, someone's obviously been, someone's shut in the bin. I think that's what it is. They, they went in after me. We, we, just need to, we just need to release them. Um, so, there's a couple of things. Don't worry, we'll just stop in a minute. Oh, Nick will find them, let them out. Depends who it is. We might leave them in there for a bit. Um, so amazingly, they did all this incredible journey, and obviously they turn up in this foreign country, and like you do, you go to the dignitaries to say, oh, we, we, we've been led here, like where, where, what, who am I supposed to be looking for? We don't even know, but we know they're incredibly special, and we know they're precious, and we've come to worship. Well, Herod's not happy with that. But there's this lovely moment, and when they saw the star... Because they arrived in roughly the right place. Of course, in daytime, they got nothing to follow. And then they speak to Herod, and then that night, the star is there again. And it says this, When they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. And there's a little note under here. It says, The Greek is hard to translate since it contains so many redundant words for joy. In this one verse, it literally translates, They rejoiced with a great joy exceedingly. Is that a challenge to you? Because it is to me. They hadn't even reached the place of worship yet. Are we, am I, I wasn't this morning. Am I feeling ecstatic about getting to the place of worship? Did you all sing and dance your way down to the warehouse this morning? (laughs) They hadn't even reached him yet. And already they were ecstatic. Already they rejoiced with a great joy exceedingly. I've made it to the warehouse. I know it's exciting. And then in verse 11, it says this. When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary. Now, young child, we're going for him being a year old. Because we said that's what we're going to guess. He was somewhere between a couple of months old and definitely no older than two. So probably we're going for about a year. So you've got a baby, a child, a young child. Could have been... Did you not let him out? (laughs) I got You've got a young child who's about a year old. Out of nowhere, a hundred people turn up and say, we've come to see your little lad because a star led us here. You're like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. So obviously we know all this stuff, as, as twee as it is and as wonderful as it is that you have the shepherds and the, you know, even the cows are humming in time and, you know, in tune and all this kind of thing, all the shepherds and the kings, everyone there. Clearly that's not it. By this point, they would have a little bit getting on, being, just getting on with their life. 
And then you find that there have been people who have been travelling for maybe up to two years just to come and see your lad. That's quite an amazing thing. It really is. You just put it for yourself, for any of you who've got children. A hundred people. There's a knock at your door. You open the door, there's a hundred people. We've come to see your son. We've been travelling for a year. We hear he's special. It says this, when they came into the house, all hundred of them, did they do it in shifts? I don't know. And saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. I don't even know what Jesus was doing. What was he doing at one year old? I have no idea. Was he already whittling a piece of wood into that? I mean, you just, you just don't know. A bit young at one, but he was Jesus, right? But when they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. They were overcome. This is our invitation still. I know I spoke on worship a couple of weeks ago. And when I finished, I said to God, oh, I can't do a part two. I'm doing Christmas. He said, look for worship in Christmas. I haven't finished. Because two weeks ago, I finished with an invitation from God to say, does Asher Vineyard want the label of that's a bunch of extravagant worshippers? And some of us said yes. When they came into the house and they saw the young child, they were overcome. Now, we have eyes of our heart. You can see Jesus. And we still have that opportunity to be overcome. There's still an invitation to be overcome. When were you last? When was I last? Overcome in worship. Like, I I almost can't handle this. It's too rich. God, it's too much. I'm too all in. God says, whoa, call your jets, Chris. Just back off a bit. Just back off. Take it easy. Hold the chair in front. You'll be all right. Said God, never. So you've got this bunch of weird mystic types who many Christians these days would say, oh, they're dodgy. Oh, dodgy theology. Not really sure what I think about that. And yet they found Jesus before the Christians did. Oh, ouch. There's something prophetic in there. It's not that I am saying astrology rocks. I am not saying astrology rocks. Jesus rocks. Am I saying, well, I can try astrology and find Jesus that way? No, that's also not what I'm saying. But am I saying that there are people who try astrology because actually they don't know that they're actually looking for Jesus and they can find him? Because God says, well, I'm not refusing to be found by someone who's just simply looking in the wrong cupboard. He was given three gifts that we know of. We don't know what else he was given. Some Lego. (laughs) Jenga. And he said, I've already made my own. (laughs) I mean, we just don't know. But we know he was given three. 
and they have an immediate um, uh, fulfillment, and then they have a longer-term fulfillment. I'm going to quickly tell you those, and then we're going to have to wrap up. So the first gift he was given was gold. And gold is something of kings. It means royalty and deity. So it means like God, king. That's where, God, that's where gold is used. It was always used in the Old Testament to honour kings and was considered to be the most precious metal. Then you've got frankincense. This also speaks of who Jesus is, high priest, the ultimate go-between us and God. And it's also used, frankincense, for healing. Risen with healing in his wings. Myrrh, lastly, which means prophecy. Myrrh represents prophecy. He was the ultimate prophet of God. He even said in um, John, John 8, I think, I only speak what I hear the Father speaking. He literally came and repeated the words of the Father to people. So he's got one gift that talks about him being a king and deity, another gift that talks about him being high priest, and it represents intercession, and then you've got another one which is about him being a prophet of God. It represents prophecy, and he speaks what the Father speaks. Now, interestingly... Myrrh, the prophet of God. Jesus has already fulfilled that one. That gift has been fulfilled. He came, he spoke what the Father spoke. He has fulfilled that role as a prophet of God. Some people saw him as only a prophet. Without doubt he was a prophet, and some. So the prophet, the myrrh, that has been fulfilled. Frankincense, the high priest, intercession, is being fulfilled. He's still doing it. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So that one is being fulfilled. And really interestingly, there's one that is yet to be fulfilled. And that's the only one left, which is gold. The king. The king of kings will one day come back and take his rightful place. So as a prophet, it's being fulfilled. As our great high priest, it is being fulfilled. And as the king, one day he is coming back. Yeah, it is way better than that. So... This Christmas, there is that invitation. I, I still sense the same invitation from God for this Christmas and into 2022. God says, will you have this Christmas and next year hallmarked by your worship? Will you have 2022 as the year where you gave in and gave of yourself into extravagant worship. Because undoubtedly, he is worth anything we could ever give because he has given everything that he is already. So let's stand. We're going to very quickly pray and wrap up. Lots to think about.
Father, thank you that these weird mystic, weird mystic types have made it into the Bible because they caught a whiff of the divine and went on a journey to find it. I thank you, God, for their phenomenal tenacity to keep traveling, to show us what it's like to absolutely commit everything that we have just to be able to kneel at your feet and adore you and enjoy you and delight in you and experience your affection over us. And if you would like to, I'm not obviously clearly never going to make anyone, but love you just to put your hands out. And just say after me if you would like to. If you don't, that's okay. You can stay quiet. I've got my eyes shut too, so no idea who's saying it. But I want next year to be hallmarked by my worship. Just say that to yourself out loud heaven is heaven has got its ear trumpet out to hear your voice i want next year to be hallmarked by my worship i want to leave it all out there because god you are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all, everything. God, I give you the fear of man. I give you the shyness. I give you the British reserveness. I thank you, God, you are not British. We want to bring this next year a sacrifice of praise. Just bring you everything we are. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you. We enjoy you. Even when we don't feel it, you're amazing. Your kindness goes on forever and ever and ever. Kind of amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, Have a great week and know just how loved you are.